quickly if we can bring in Nick Negropontis down at ground level. He was down there between the two benches all day today. What's it like down there on the field, Nick? And uh, an injury update as well at the end of this match. Yeah, guys, the Pies are ecstatic down here. First time they've won a round one game. Four injury updates, I guess. Ashton Hill uh, done for the day. I'm just being interrupted here by one of the stars of the game, Chloe Malloy. It's Chloe Malloy. I cannot hear a thing, but I am pumped. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Boundary AFLW on SEN podcast. My name is Nick Negrofontis from SEN.com.au. And my name is Chloe Malloy, and I play for the Collingwood Magpies. The undefeated Collingwood Magpies. <laughs> Top of the ladder Magpies. <laughs> you are you are too. Um, we will talk all things Collingwood. We'll break down all things round one as well. We will be joined by North Melbourne star midfield forward hybrid, Caitlin Ashmore. She'll be joining us later on in the show. But we've got to start. We've got to start with Sunday. We've got to start with the Pies. First round one win. First win in the first three weeks of the season. Yes. Oh, yes. That's pretty cool. You guys um, are on the board. You can't see it, guys, but I, yeah, have the biggest smile on my face. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a, such a good feeling. Um, and it kind of just sums up all that hard work that we put in across the preseason and all those lessons that we've learned across, um, you know, three I guess you could say those long seasons and not winning a game um, in the first three rounds and then finally doing it on the weekend at Vic Park, home crowd. Yeah, it just was almost scripted so well, spilt to home. Um, yeah, and then to top it off with a win and, and for me personally on a, on a personal level coming back um, and, you know, being able to impact the scoreboard and just get through a game was, yeah, it was um, it's pretty special pump. Yeah, pretty cool that you kicked the first goal. And finish with the ball in your hands. You can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I did too, didn't I? Actually, yeah, no, I, I kicked the ball up in the air at the end <laughs> of the You could not have kicked like, it any oh, higher. Shouldn't have done that, but I did. Um, but yeah, that that that's what I'd been working back to through this whole injury with my, with my foot. Um, obviously, it's quite a different game to the VFRW, um, but AFRW is the pinnacle. And that game on Sunday, that, that was, yeah, the end of my rehab journey because that's what I was working back for. And now it's the beginning of the premiership journey. Now it is the beginning of the premiership journey. But so, I won't call it too early, but yes, that is the ultimate outcome is a premiership. So the way we always start these podcasts is by asking each other questions uh, with, with very little notice or no notice at all. So I'm going to start with just a, a nice easy one. So obviously your first game back, a number of new Collingwood players, new coach, new system, big, big crowd at Vic Park. Was there a lot of nerves early? Because you guys did get off to a pretty slow start. Um, did it take you a while to settle in? Yeah, and it did a little bit. And to, to West Coast's credit, they came out guns blazing um, and they hit every contest hard. And um, I guess our response wasn't what we wanted and we kind of took a step back and allowed them to dictate us in that first quarter. Um, but we brought it in after that and obviously flipped the game on its head and um, shifted momentum to back in our hands, in our hands. Um, but yeah, they were so tough at the footy the first quarter and yeah, I think they took us by surprise. Um, so, you know, credit to them for, for coming out like that. Um, obviously hard, you know, traveling, playing on a Sunday time, the time difference, their banner had actually fully ripped, um, at Vic Park. This is quite windy. Um, the poor, the poor things it, it fully ripped and the poor cheer squad, um, I did feel quite bad for them. <laughs> sorta, sorta, sorta. Um, but yeah, it, it it was felt very different um, 
Icon Park, Icon Park, well, normally that's where we are, at Vic Park, um, you know, we had a new process of things. Um, we had plenty of changes made um, to how we wanted to play our football. Uh, we went away from it a little bit during the game. But, yeah, it's just it's, it's just a process for us, and that's um, the first step uh, in the process that we want to want to take as this Collingwood side. It was a cool environment down there at Vic Park. There were a lot of West Coast fans. It was it was like 50-50 West Coast Collingwood, I reckon. See, how good is that? It was that really cool. West Coast, it was 50, you could split it down and it was 50-50. I think that um, shows amazing support from West Coast. Yeah. coming that That's a massive flight to play on a Sunday. Mm. And for them to have that support there from their fans, yeah, that I, that amazes me. And that actually makes me quite proud, um, even though I don't play for West Coast. To have that much support there, it would have been a lot to the girls. Just watching from a neutral point of view, they came out all guns blazing. They hit you with everything yeah. they had. They had the wind advantage in the first quarter, kept you guys scoreless, had control of the game. But when you, once you guys settled, once you kicked the first goal, like just in general, once you guys were on the scoreboard, it seemed like you guys were comfortably the better team. That was just my opinion from from watching the game in the sidelines. Yeah, we we um, admitted that we did have a little bit of a slow start, and that you know West Coast did take us by surprise, and um, that could be us in a way undermining our opposition, which is something we're going to take away and go. You know, you can't ever be overconfident in a game. Um, but yeah, they showed glimpses at times, and there, there's times when they could have had the games back in their hands. I know Kelly Gibson um, was on out for goal. Sorry, ignore that. <laughs> um, there was times where they could have had the game back in their hands um, because the, the inside 50 count was actually, I think, it was two more our way. So they did have those chances. They just didn't capitalise. Um, and, you know, we went away from how we wanted to play. But, yeah, after we did impact and then recognise that, hey, guys, we're actually second to the footy. Let's change this. That's what we did. And I think that that's credit to us for being able to identify it and change it in the game because normally it takes us to – you know, we identify it, but we don't really do anything. And then during a view, that's when we go, oh, this is what we should have changed. But yeah, we, we changed on the fly and yeah, came away with a, a nice win um, in front of a home crowd. Yep. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, I'll start with one just again about the game. Mm-hmm. Who were some of the Eagles that stood out for you? Number, I feel really bad. No, that's okay. I can get the names up. While get you the do names it. up for me. Um, Swanee, their, their captain. Um, I thought she took the game on her shoulders. Um she yeah she she was one that definitely hit the contest hard. She found the footy a lot for them. Um, no surprises in that. Hooker Hooker stepped up for them as well. Um, pretty sure Dane Hooker will go in West Coast history books as the first player to kick the first goal for their women's program. Um, so yeah, no surprises in those two that they they stood out for me. Um, but another one that stood out in the midfield more so um, was number twenty three, I believe, Cameron. Uh, yes, I don't think she's number 23 because Tiny Tester is number 23. Cameron. Cameron, yeah. Uh, Imrahara Cameron, 19. 19. Sorry, yeah. of course. She was, she was excellent, actually. I gave her a vote. Yeah, I did. I, I liked the way she, she got to the stoppage. Her pace, um, was really good. Um, yeah, and she, she was very dangerous in the midfield. They, they do have actually quite a dangerous midfield, mm. um, considering the three I just named are all in the midfield. But yeah, no surprises that Swanson and Hooker stepped up for, I guess, an inexperienced side. And now my question for you. Yes. Well, Pont, you're clearly, you are busting out of the seams to talk about this. Oh, no. Your win, your girl's win over Richmond. Just give me a general consensus on how you're feeling, if I can't already guess what you're about to say. Look, it's interesting because I was supremely confident all week that Carlton was going to win. 
I thought Tigers would take some time to settle in. They have some talent across the board, but the Blues are a really well-settled team. They've got talent across the board. They've got really well-settled um, lineup. They've got stars on all lines. So I was confident. But then with 20 minutes to go before the game, I'm standing on the boundary line going, there's no way we're winning. <laughs> and then to come out the way we did and to, well, to come out the way they did, I can't say we. Um, <laughs> oh, it's definitely a we. To come out the way they did and, and dominate from start to finish with the only exception being late in the fourth quarter when the game was over. Um, I was really impressed. I'll, I'm not used to going for a good Carlton team. I've known nothing but bad Carlton teams my entire life, with the exception of the uh, last year's AFLW team, the inaugural AFLW team, and one year in 2011 when my men's team was good. It's it's hard being a Carlton fan, but no, it's nice having an AFLW team that has um, the ability to consistently deliver, and I'm and they picked up exactly where they left off last year. So I'm um, hopeful that this wasn't a one-off, and we will see this week because. You guys are very tough opposition, Carlton Collingwood. But yeah, I was I really liked what I saw across the board from from the Blues. So let's hope that they can keep delivering. Yeah, and I think they will. And um, I think I'm going to back up Richmond just a little bit here. But you know, a new side coming in against a Carlton team who are very experienced and have a, a good quality side. Um, you know, you could easily rule them out, but I think it would be very unfair to do that because Collingwood, we've been in that position. You know, we've had three round one losses, but um, I, I, yeah, I just don't think you can rule Richmond out and I don't think that is their best or even close to their best. Um, but mind you, Carlton played an absolute ripper game and, um, I also definitely was very confident that they were going to, um, beat the Tigers, um, purely off experience. And I think that, yeah, that showed in the last two quarters, um, yeah, Carlton just extended that lead and i got to give a shout out to Katie Loins who kicked the first goal and by gosh, did she celebrate it? <laughs> <laughs> she's got a tough role in there. She's uh, the veteran midfielder surrounded by a bunch of 20-year-olds. But she stood bunch up. bunch of really, she... really impressive 20-year-olds, but 20-year-olds nonetheless. Yeah, I, I rang her the next day and I was like, I'm just so proud of how you play because I felt... She was fantastic. Co-captain, um, she just really stepped up to plate when she needed to for that side. And yeah, I couldn't think of anyone more deserving to kick the first goal than her. Yeah. And now she's got a ripper Instagram photo for it. So <laughs> everyone go give Katie Loins' Instagram photo a like of her celebrating. Double Cobra, I think it was. Absolutely. <laughs> it's now my favorite mid, uh, group, uh, positional group in the entire AFL across all competitions is Carlton's midfield. Because you've got, again, you've got Chris Parkus, G, Egan, McAvoy, oh, who sorry, are all before 20. before you go on, Georgia G, she is... My favorite player. No, she's my favorite player. No, she's my. Oh you my can't... gosh, she is the cleanest player. And have you been reading my Twitter? <laughs> I can go through the tweets. It's there. It's there. I've got proof. She is one of the cleanest player. Upon I am so excited to watch the rest of yeah. her footy. And there was times where it might, might have been the depth perception on TV, but she kicked it, and I was like, Ugh! and then it hit the player, and I was like, oh wow, she she meant that, but or or she I thought she maybe didn't mean it, and then it happened three times. I'm like, yep. wow, she is such a quality player. And I almost go as far as saying underrated. I thought she was the most underrated player in the comp last year. Because she, she was doing this last year, and it was one of the reasons why Carlton improved so dramatically over the season. She picked it up cleanly on top of the 50 with her left hand and delivered the footy. I, I, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, wow. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Come on the podcast, Georgia G. That's your o- open invite. <laughs> um, Next one for me, yes. Pontosaurus. Pontosaurus. I've Sorry, got, that just came out. <laughs> I've had that one before. That just came worry. out. Um, expansion teams struggling. You mentioned that you're probably not too concerned about Richmond, but they all they all did lose. Do you, do you think they're just going to need some time to to get into the comp? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're just you know lack experience, and they've got 
and each expansion team would have their experienced players, but you can't rely on them um, because it's a team sport. Um, so the three players can't win a game of football off their their own boot. Um, yeah, I think you just need to give these expansion teams time. Um, obviously, they've got their own expectations of the side, and we don't play to not win a premiership. We you know we play to win. We don't play to lose. Um, but it's it's pretty similar to the whole concept of the AFRW. They just need breathing time. Um, let them develop their structures. Uh, let them warm into it. Uh, the pace of the game, even you know, those expansion sides played maybe one practice match. Yeah. Against an AFRW side, so yeah, I I wouldn't rule any of the expansion teams out. It's just yeah, I, I think we'll see great development across all those expansion teams um, throughout the season. Yep, absolutely. Fair enough. I'm, I kind of agree. Um, I don't think I've got them both respectively finishing at the bottom of their respective conferences, but I think all four of them have long-term vision. I don't think they're yeah. too concerned about this year. Yep. I agree with you. Um, on speaking of expansion and that being a topic of the AFRW, cross coders is another one. Do you think this will be the year of a cross coders takeover? <clears throat> yes, I do actually. Um, <laughs> this is Really impressive the way not only cross coders but like there seems to be so many now Irish players in the league. Oh, they're, they're taking all, over. They're all really they good. They are taking over. Um, my personal favorite was Ola O'Dwyer for the Lions on the weekend. Never heard of her before. She steps in, has this really cool headband in pretty torrential raining conditions, and is just sprinting left and right with the ball. Kicks a goal. She was awesome. Yeah, I think cross coders have been so important to the development of AFLW. I think you could argue there wouldn't be an AFLW right now or at least the original incarnation of AFLW wouldn't have existed without cross-coders coming in um, and bolstering the depth. Because now you've got, you know, the players coming through who have played footy their whole lives. But without those cross-coders, you wouldn't have had the depth mm. to, to really fill out this, this this competition at the start. And now they've been in the league for three or four years and now they're all really good. Yeah, and you you can see the development. I speak on behalf of the Collinwood, you know, we've got Ash and Rowie, um, and they're both very critical of themselves. But I said to Ash... She's like, ah, oh, I'm going to do my worst Irish accent. Oh, you know, I didn't play so well. And I said, it's your second game at AFL. And I said, how many times did you find the footy? So, like, their natural abilities and their just elite standards allows them to come into the AFRW um, and, you know, shine. And, it, yeah, like you said, I, and to answer my own question, I think it is going to be a cross-coders takeover, and they just take the game to another level, and it's so exciting to watch them. It's not as exciting to try watch them bounce the footy because it is sometimes doesn't work off, um, doesn't work out for them, which just asked Ash about one time she tried to bounce the <laughs> footy. They go, it's just so unpredictable. You know, the Gaelic footy just comes straight back to you. That's the actually, oval. That's not, not a, bad. That's not bad. I'll, I'll say that's not I bad. I am cringing at myself, though. <laughs> we are. Um, <laughs> I've got one for you, actually. I'll go. Um, Brisbane upset the reigning premiers. Is this a sign? I love it. I love it because I was speaking to shout out to ABC's Jess Webster, um, on the weekend. She helped me out a lot with boundary writing on the weekend. Um, cause she's been up there in Brisbane for a while now. And her, her main takeaway was every single year, this Lions team is written off and every single year, exceptional last year, they've, they've outperformed expectations. Yeah. They made two grand finals. They've lost so much talent, but they came out and, Pardon my French, but they kicked Adelaide's ass. Yeah, they kicked their butts for for four quarters, and I think that partly has something to do with Adelaide. They had twenty one available players. They had to get on a plane, travel to to a rainy Queensland, and play a game of footy. But 
Brisbane just brutalized them for four quarters. They were a better team around the contest. They were a better team structurally. I still think Greg Stasevich is the best coach in the competition. You've always said that, yeah. Um, so I really was really, really happy for Brisbane because they deserve – they've had so much adversity and for them to be performing the way they did. And there is absolutely – Conference A is so wide open. They could finish anywhere in there. And to get a huge win over the Crows sets them up beautifully for the rest of the season. So I'm really excited to see what they do this week and going forward. And who have they got this week? They've got Geelong, down in Geelong. That's a tough trip. So they're traveling down. The Cats are very impressive too, I thought, to go over to Fremantle and be in the game right until the final five minutes. Yeah, well, just Miss Duffy kicking. Yeah, she How was the difference. She Her and Horton were the difference. Difference, yeah. Um, I did see, well, speaking of Geelong, Cranston. Um, what a goal. <laughs> cheeky handball to herself. I like it. I do not mind it at all. It's good for the statute. <laughs> Does it count as a stat? It would be. Handballing you, to yourself? handball. Yeah. Cheeky, Cranston. Cheeky. Absolutely cheeky. So um, I've got one for you. Is it a sign though, Pont? Is oh, it a yes. Sign I think they're going to... For Adelaide. Even? Oh, is, it, it's, is it a sign for Brisbane? Is it a sign for Adelaide? It's I a don't think, question. don't think Adelaide needs to be worried. I said yep. my prediction going to the start of the season was they would be slow to start and they would win the flag. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that at the moment. I think that having 21 available players makes life basically impossible, especially as you mentioned a couple of podcasts ago at training to really do anything. Yep. So I'm confident that they will come good. I don't subscribe to Beck Goddard's theory that they should have played their first game at home. You're Adelaide. You've had every advantage in the competition. You don't have a Port Adelaide to, to worry about or to take talent from you. You're fine. You can travel on the road. Just, um, But it's Adelaide. Adelaide have won two flags. They will be fine. Yeah, I don't think um, they're, and they're Bris- too stressed about as it. As for Brisbane, it's, it, I think it is a sign. I think that they were the most impressive team on the weekend. And good on them. Yeah. You and uh, Jamie Lambert spent most of the game alternating deepest forward. That's pretty interesting, I thought, because I was under the impression you were going to be a midfielder this year. Did I surprise you, Pont? I liked it. I, did, <laughs> I, I saw it immediately when you were the deepest forward, and I was like, yep. Yeah, I kept that work. out of the media, didn't I? That's I kept that work. a secret. <laughs> well, now it's not a secret anymore. But yeah, um, just, just changing up, getting um, you know dangerous players down there, especially Jamie Lambert. You know, She won the VFW leading goal yeah. kicking as a midfielder. Um, well, you know, we both impacted the scoreboard on the weekend. Um, and I just think we want to worry defenders um, in our forward line because we have a great forward line and then adding um, the midfielders, you know, down in that in that deeper role um, just to, I guess, scare the, um, the, the opposition's back line a little bit. And I really enjoy it and um, Choppy and I have a um, pretty close bond and we're getting, we're, we're picking up on each other's games and um, little habits and things like that. So, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed going mid-forward and, um, well, it just depends on how the game is tracking, whether I stay in that role or whether I go behind the footy. They seem like I... they threw you behind the footy late in the game. Yeah, and, and that that's it was a pretty obvious thing. So I, I yep. think it, I am able to talk about it is that the wind at Vic Park actually picked up um, a mm. fair bit. As you can see, we were kept scoreless in the first quarter. Um, so, yeah, it was just... Obviously, you play the game as you see it, and um, Steve felt the need to to put someone behind the footy, um, just to have someone there a spare with to, I guess, counteract that that wind. And um, yeah, I'm willing to play anywhere. So if it's forward, if it's mid, if it's back, if it's on the bench, even um, yeah, <laughs> Not on I, the bench. I'm just enjoying being back out there. Um, so yeah, whatever my team needs, oh, I'll do. I really liked it because, as I said, coming into the season, I thought you guys had incredible midfield depth, but I was worried about where the goals came from. So you and Lambert playing deepest forward, I mean, that's to me, that feels like that's a way of solving that problem. 
I'm curious to see how how it works against the Blues and their really well uh, developed backline. They've got a really stable back five or six. So I'm very curious to see how that how that plays out. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Speaking of that game, um, just a general update. How is Bree doing after hurting her shin? Was it? Yeah. So I think I can oh, speak on behalf deep breath. of everyone. Absolutely. That deep breath. our you know our hearts were in our throats um, when she went down. Um, I think it worried the whole AFRW community. You don't like to see a great player um, and such a respected player who's coming back off an ACL. Um, you know, to be clutching her knee or whatever she was clutching. I was like, what are you clutching? Are you okay? It was just looking like she was oh clutching God. like her upper leg. Yeah, and I, I just it, was worried. Yeah, that was... Um, but not, it's not ACL, thank gosh. Mm. Um, just her shin and she'll be managed this week. Um, she is an absolute trooper of a human, so she will do everything she can um, to be, well, she is up for selection. So, yeah, she she's a warrior, so I can't see this, you know, impacting her. Um, ability to play yep. this weekend. It's just something that she'll manage. If she needs to be managed at training, she'll be managed at training. Um, but yeah, she's smart enough and ugly enough to to know her own body, especially going through that ACL um, rehab. So yeah, it'd be, uh, I'm, I do hope she gets up um, and I'm going to throw people saying I do hope so they don't know um, to, to her experience on the field against Carlton. And she's someone that we're definitely going to tap into oh, yeah. um, this week, considering that she, she was at Carlton for, um, quite a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this game. And if I take my Collingwood hat off, it's going to be such a good game. Well, we got both teams coming off big wins. There should be a huge crowd, uh, Icon Park Sunday, three o'clock. You've got nothing better to do. Get down there. Please. It, it, it really will be. And there's that, that rivalry, that rich rivalry, um, this makes for, you know, well, it's its the, own rivalry now. Bree has caused its own rivalry. I think, I think, <laughs> I don't think it's Bree all, specifically. The Carlton captain moving to Collingwood is huge. And I think it is pretty speaking big. on all behalf of all Carlton fans and players, we, we a hundred percent want her to be healthy so she can go out there and play because yeah. we want to see it. We want to see, um, her versus us now or, and make sure that she's okay because we don't, I mean, she was our captain. We don't want her to be hurt yeah, at all. Of course. So like, I'm really excited to see her against this young Carlton midfield. You guys you guys come in with a lot more experience in the midfield, which is which is interesting, and it's going to be such a such a fascinating yeah. game the way it plays out. We match up; both teams match up quite well on the field. Yeah. So, yeah, I like I'm just pumped, absolutely pumped. I got one more question for you. Cool. Um, Adelaide and Melbourne and their injury situation, as we as we talked about earlier, how much impact would that be having away from the game at training? Um, just in the girls' mindset, how would how much would that be would be uh, uh, impacting them? Well. I think I think quite a bit in the fact that, you know, at training, say for instance, if you were to have a niggle, you'd be like, Oh no. I think you you'd think more of it just because of the limit like you're almost at the crisis point and we, we call it crisis because it really is you can't getting down to twenty one players. Um so when you do have a niggle you're kinda like, Oh no, like you would just do everything to get that niggle away whereas, you know, sometimes if you do have that that slight general soreness that you you just play through it, but I think for now a lot of the girls are going to be really cautious. Um, and I actually said to one of the players, I said you need to wrap wrap everyone up in bubble wrap um, because you know you don't you can't afford any more injuries. Well, you don't want injuries anyway, but especially when you're down to to um, such low numbers, you just you just wrap everyone in bubble wrap. And at training, if someone was to get hurt or hit the ground, if I was a coach, I'd be like, oh, we're done, we're done. Just pick up a footy, kick the kick. Um, so I think it would cross their minds a fair bit, but if you're going to get injured, you're going to get injured. So 
yeah, I, it will cross their minds, but I don't think any training standards or anything like that will change. Um, obviously, we're out of preseason um, training now, so trainings change anyway, just because of games on the weekend now. So um, normally, teams have their main session during the middle of the week. So you know they could take it back, um, depending on how many players that have general soreness, um, or they could not. But yeah. Uh, it'll play on their minds just a little bit because you just got to be that little bit extra cautious because you you want twenty one fit players on the field. You absolutely don't want to be like in basketball. You have to play a five on four. Oh, no one likes that. No, could you play? Do you, could they play twenty? Or do you have to have 21? Well, GWS did it against Carlton last year. Did they? They played with 17 on the field because they had four injuries and they were, they wanted someone to stay on the bench. Okay. And they still won by 100 points. It was embarrassing. <laughs> um, we don't talk about it. We won't bring it, that one up. No. Um, any others? Um, my last one for you. And yes. I think it's been a big discussion um, in the past 48 hours. Um, and everyone's got their opinion on it. So, of course, we're going to have ours also. Mm-hmm. Um, the AFL to AFLM, AFLW, this whole debate... Should it change? I guess. What are your general thoughts on it, Pom? I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief. I am not a huge fan of the AFLM terminology. Um, I think it's a little bit disrespectful to a competition that's exist existed since 1990 and has previously 100 years of history behind that. I think AFLW is its is its own awesome thing. The W is very important in that name. And it's also very important as far as branding and awareness well, and building logo. its own thing. The W is our logo. The W, and it's a good logo, I reckon. I know, I, I rate the logo. I, I do rate the logo. Um, if anyone doesn't know, it's goals, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it took me a year to yeah, work that out. Me too. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think it's necessary. I think all you're doing is annoying, or not annoying, but you're inciting upset and, and annoyance and rage from people who, are, who, who a lot of people are already skeptical about AFLW because they don't want to engage with it. But by doing this, you're making them more hostile towards a product when we should be more welcoming. And I think there are a lot more issues with a, that AFLW headquarters needs to address rather than this one. And obviously, a lot more issues that they need to address on the men's side of things. And I think that's where, where the, the, this uh, should sit, mm. honestly. I won't have too much to say, but I, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think anything of it. Um, I just... It's AFL and AFLW, um, but I, you know, won't take too much of a stance on it. But yeah, I think our logo is cool, yeah. so I'm okay with I AFLW. I think it's such a non non thing. Like, who cares? It's just legit. Who cares? Yeah, you actually nailed it there. Who who cares? We just had seven awesome games of football, six awesome games of footy, and a GWS Gold Coast game that we won't talk about because that was destroyed by weather conditions. But we've had a really cool round one. We've got awesome fixtures in round two. Let's talk about that and and not talk about. Um, logos and names of competitions that have existed for hundreds of years and have their own history. Anyway, so we're going to throw now to Caitlin Ashmore um, from the North Melbourne Football Club. She will be joining us. But before we get to that, join in the chorus with North Melbourne's AFLW memberships for only $75 at nmfc.com.au. Now let's get to Cashy. Well, now we're joined by North Melbourne star Caitlin Ashmore. Coming off uh, an unfortunate loss in round one. Kashi, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. So, Kashi, it is Chloe here, your favourite Collingwood player. Um, I just wanted to... (laughs) um, How good was it being back out there um, with AFL, with your your North? I know you didn't get the win, but, yeah, how was round one for you? What do you take away from that game? Yeah, round one's always um, really exciting. Obviously, you train so long for that 
um, for that day. And I feel like pre-season's just gone forever. Um, <laughs> and obviously pre-season running is probably not our favourite, do you reckon, Chloe? Or... Oh, I'm the first to complain about running. So it makes two of us gashy. <laughs> Three of us. Um, but no, it's, it's always exciting. Obviously, um, the season's so short, so um, it's really exciting when it finally comes around. And obviously the loss was disappointing, but we always knew it was going to be hard against Melbourne. They're um, top, like, top class and their midfield is just amazing. So we knew it was going to be a hard slog, and yeah, it was. And then, yeah, unfortunately, didn't get the chocolates. It must be annoying having to play at Casey Fields ever in any capacity because... The ground is never good and the windy conditions are always awful. Um, how was it out there? Um, it was very, very windy. Um, yeah. You always expect Casey's going to be windy. It's, it's, just, it's just the way it is. Um, but, yeah, the wind was just um, blowing a gale. And, obviously, footy's played outside. So it's an outdoor sport. So you have to get used to the conditions. And, yeah, fortunately for, for them, they got used to it a little bit quicker than, than we did. Did you, is it something you discussed, Cashy, during the week? Um, obviously, being well aware that down at Casey it is always windy. Is it is it something that you, your side, um, you know, I guess, chatted about the, the potential elements that were at Casey? Yeah, you've got to talk about it, especially because everyone knows that it's just always windy there, and that's probably the first thing that we talked about, the conditions, and we knew it was going to be really hot as well. But, yeah, you can never judge the wind. I think I'd rather play um, in pouring rain than, than um, gusty wind. Yeah, you hit the nail. Well, the wind worked in your favour, actually, with that classy banana kick, as it's been titled. How was that? <laughs> what, what was running through your head? Were you aiming for the right post, left post? Um, to be honest, the wind was just blowing a gale, so I was just hoping <laughs> I hit it on the right spot. I kept trying to sneak around, and the umpire kept pulling me back, so she knew what I was doing. Um, but, yeah, I just think it was just a lucky kick. <laughs> so modest. <laughs> It's interesting how um, you mentioned earlier, it is a short season and it's hard to gauge things going into the season, but there was a lot of hype around the Roos going into the season. I even saw a couple of people predicting you guys to go undefeated, which is, you know, putting a bit of expectation on on your shoulders. How do you deal with um, outside pressure going into such a short season where you sort of have to hit the ground running? Yeah, it's really hard because obviously if you lose a game, then you kind of feel a little bit more pressure, but you know, it's, it's, just one of those things, everyone's got pressure. Um, Melbourne went in on the weekend with obviously Daisy coming back and then they had a lot of pressure on that um, and their favourites as well. But, you know, you just kind of, you just got to play within your four walls and um, try not to let the media kind of dictate how your season's going to go. Um, I know it's hard, but, you know, you you and your group have to work together just to, just to go one week at a time, really. Do you feel like there's pressure on you guys immediately to start winning games because it's because it's so short because every game matters so much for making finals do you think when you lose a game like this it's like oh crap we're now a game behind the pack is there that kind of mentality or is it still it's only round one um you still look at it like it's it's round one and then obviously it's a conference as well so um you you don't have to win every game but it's good to to do that obviously put that in a really good spot so I don't know, you just got to kind of leave last week in the past and kind of look forward and then, you know, really come out strong against GWS. Yeah, and you're, you're heading over to, to Tassie um, to verse the Giants and um, they came off a, a good win and um, had some very good stats just going back. Nick Ponce the stat man, so we always seem to look at the stats. Yes. Um, what's the mindset hitting, um, heading in against um, GWS? Obviously travel, um, yeah, what... Well, what should we expect from the Roos against the Giants? 
without giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll try my best. <laughs> but um, we love heading to Tassie. Obviously, that's our second home. Um, and the girls really like travelling and, you know, it gives you that little bit of extra hanging out time with each other and just bonding. And I think we, we do really well off that. So I think Melbourne really well, like, uh, played really well and um, kind of took us from our game. So we're just going to go into this week um, playing our style of, of play and hopefully that gets us over the line because when we do play well, um, I think we move the ball really well. So hopefully we can start off like that and, and yeah, just get a win on the board. Do you think you lose any home field advantage playing in Tassie as compared to playing in Arden Street? Um, well, not really, I think, because we do, you know, that's our second home and we've got girls that have come from there and it, they just kind of make us feel at home as soon as we get over to Tassie. Um, all the Tassie people are great as well. So I feel like we do have a home ground advantage even though we don't play there. It's, it's kind of about the atmosphere as well. Yeah, and you can see the support... Um, just speaking of your home ground at Tassie, you, you're a very well-supported club at North Melbourne and it's very obvious you had your jumper presentation um, not long ago and the boys, you, you joined with the boys, which I think is the first time that's happened across any of the clubs. Um, how is it being so supported by the boys? Um, obviously coming from Brisbane, um, I guess you can speak from your experience there, but what's it mean for your women's program to have such support from your men's side of things? Yeah, the, the boys in Brisbane were actually quite good as well, but we didn't train at the same venue, whereas North Melbourne, we train at the same venue. Um, our lockers are pretty much in the same area as them, so we're always passing by, and, and they know who we are, and we obviously know who they are, and it's just it's just a family club, and obviously having the um, jumper presentation together was just something really special, and um, you know, going up on stage and like with whoever your number is with the men's is um, really special as well. And, yeah, it's just nice to have, I don't know, that family aspect with the club and obviously all the members and fans um, really, really liked that as well. And getting to see us both in the same room is um, something really special as well for the club. Um, just one on on how you guys are structuring up up forward. It's just It seems like you've got Jazzy Garner now playing a lot more midfield time. Ash Riddell is playing a lot more midfield time. How are you guys going to look to hit the scoreboard with, with your forward line structure. Is Emma King going to spend a lot more time forward this year? Yeah, Emma King will spend um, probably more time forward than in the midfield. Um, I don't know. We'll just see how we go. I think I'm playing a little bit more down forward as well. Uh, it's a little bit different, obviously, from last year, but I think it'll work. And then, obviously, if it's not working, we can swing those girls back down um, forward as well. But, you know, we trained a lot over the pre-season together and I think you know we're gelling quite well it just see we'll just see how it goes when games roll around and um, last week it was hard to get it on the scoreboard but you know we just didn't play our best game last week are you enjoying your time forward Cashy? some are there, I should am we enjoying. expect some I more enjoying. goals goals of the year even just like just like you Chloe but um <laughs> That wasn't meant to come back to me. <laughs> Ask me in a few weeks and I'll let you know how I'm enjoying it. Well, Cashy, we were both there on Sunday um, on commentary for SEN for the Collingwood West Coast game. What did you make of Chloe's return to footy? No, it's not about me. Oh. Um, Chloe, please. Um, yeah, it was really good. I thought first quarter it was really hard for the, the Pies to get 
their hands on the ball because the pressure with from West Coast was just really, really good. Oh, yeah. um, but once you got your hands on the ball and you kicked that goal, I think, you know, you knew that you were on um, and you, uh, you lifted the whole team. So you should be really proud of that, the comeback that you had. And hopefully, me blush. you know, <laughs> if we see you in finals, please don't play that well. You've got me all embarrassed, Cashy. <laughs> so you're saying she should have got a coach's vote or two? Oh, definitely. As definitely long as I've got Cashy's vote. votes, I'm fine. I've gone all red. I'm <laughs> she actually has gone very red, Cassie. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> please. No, you played really well. But Thank you. I appreciate first game it. Back, you would have had so much pressure. and No, you just played really well and played to your strengths, which is good. Bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. <laughs> oh, bless you. So who, who from the Giants uh, worries you looking, mm. looking ahead to, to this week? They played a pretty tough game in the, the worst possible conditions um, up in New South Wales. Yeah. Who scares you on their side? I did watch it. Well, I did watch the game back, and they've they've got quite a good midfield. Um, and then having Beck Privatelli down forward, her hands were amazing on the weekend. You think it was torrential rain, so she'll be very dangerous um, in the dry weather. But yeah, there's a few that are obviously dangerous, but I think um, they're quite spread out, spread out around, around the ground. So it'll be a good contest. Well, Cashy, thank you very much for giving us uh, some of your time. Um, thank you for coming no on our podcast. We'll we'll catch you. Are uh, you on uh, SEN again uh, this weekend? Yes, I am on Sunday, actually. Thanks oh, for yeah. having me. Um, it's better, you know, I've been listening for a few weeks now, so finally to get a spot on is I feel really privileged. Thank you. <laughs> no, the privilege is ours, Cashy Girl. Good luck this weekend. <laughs> no worries. Thanks. Good luck to you too, Chloe, and I'll chat to you guys soon. Thanks, Cashy. All right, thank you very much again to Caitlin Ashmore for joining us there. We will now be taking some of your questions from Instagram to finish up today. Any good ones standing out to you, C. Malloy? Well, there's one really good one that I want to address. I say good very sarcastically, and it came come from a young man named Jaden Stevenson. Oh, I know him. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. He plays at uh, Collingwood, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It was the Rising Star, just something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he... He wants to know Toy Story or Lion King, Pont. Toy Story. I haven't. I've never actually sat through all of Lion King. Haven't you? No, I can't do it. It's just not that good. I actually didn't think how serious this question was, and now I'm sitting here and I'm kind of panicking a little bit because I'm like, Toy Story is really good. So is Lion King. Um, Toy Story for me, actually, the first very first ever Toy Story. That's for me. Here's my take: Toy Story has four better movies than the Lion King. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Tweet me about it. Anyway, (laughs) tweet Um, me. Controversy. Let's go through some of these questions. Good one from there. Thank, thank you, Jaden. I hope, hope he's a listener. Um, got some interesting ones in here. Chloe Dalton asking us, um, hey, I think that's a photo of Brie Davy in the picture. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you don't say, Claude. Well, on the weekend, it could be one of her and I, and then I'll put that one up. Interesting, yeah. How do you think about that, Claude? Tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my question. Um, Sorry, I've I'll, got one for you, you, Pont. you, go, you go. Pontosaurus. That's sticking now because oh, I God. like saying it. It's quite fun. Um, okay. The question is from Sam Darg. Yep. Do you think the standard of AFLW will drop with the inclusion of the new sides? Uh, I think overall it will slightly. I think last year we saw a huge jump in the standard because Geelong and North were able to come in and hit the ground running for the most part. I think we will see a slight reduction overall, but when we see North Melbourne versus Melbourne or Carlton versus Collingwood, the standard will be huge. And the difference between that game and, say, Richmond Gold Coast or 
like Richmond Geelong or Richmond GWS or whatever it is. Sorry, I'm not bagging on Richmond here. Sorry, they're just the only team in my head for a second there. Um, the standard will be different. And I think it's, as we said, it's going to take time for these teams to catch up. That's just naturally how it is. And I hope, I pray we have five years just leaving the competition alone to grow. Some breathing space. Because yep. in the next couple of years, the standard is just going to go like that. Yep. Don't you reckon? I, I tend to agree with you. If you were doing a line graph of it, it would have gone up, down a little bit, up. And now I think it's just going to yep. rise from here for I sure. Totally agree. Uh, from Hannah Simpson, thoughts on a Tasmanian AFLW team in the future? That's interesting because we well, do we have just the, had cash here the, the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos, the longest name That is a sport. mouthful, isn't it? Um, I, again, as we just mentioned, I already think there are too many teams and getting to 18, I don't think you can put a Tasmanian team in before any of the other teams. They will get quite mad. Yes, but, I, I agree with you there. Especially if Tassie were to come, Tasmania were to have a team and then come straight on board yep. with AFRW, I think, yeah, you'd be stepping on the toes of a couple of established clubs already who are, I guess, in line waiting for an AFRW team. So yeah, I, I don't think we'll see that anytime no, soon. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't even think we'll see it in the men's space. For a little bit. Yeah. I think they were saying like 2025 at the earliest. 2025. Gosh. See, still five years away. Breathing space. But Breathing then space. in five years time, all those established clubs, I think they are at line, in line first to get the... Yeah, absolutely. To, to have AFRW sides. So, in simple question, no, we don't think so. Um, <laughs> this one I'm going to ask, but I'm going to answer it myself. Libby underscore G9, has Shani stopped talking about her goal yet? And I can confirm without hesitation that she has not stopped talking about it. Uh, but uh, there's a ripper photo. As she shouldn't. She should keep talking about it. Is Absolutely. that your wall? Pont, hmm? is Shani on your wallpaper? No. Her goal is your wallpaper. That's a lie. Guys, there that is, is a, controversial here. Controversy. A total lie. Pont's wallpaper is Shani's celebration. Why would he is a people? secret Collingwood supporter, guys. I've never been accused of anything worse in my <laughs> denial, life. Denial, denial, denial. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my wallpaper is just of a holiday pic. Um, I'm anyway, staring. You are staring. Poking the bear. <laughs> anyway, um, we will get to that because there is still stakes coming up for this week. I know there is. Where, I, I mean, I won't have shiny as I might, Maybe that'll be part of it. Maybe I'll have Ooh, to change my wallpaper to shiny. No, shine. you can change it to that photo of myself, actually. Yep. Yes, okay. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so you'll have to wear a Carlton jersey. Yep. And just a second. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> I've brought it in here. Because <laughs> yeah. this is a podcast and you cannot see. Pont has just handed me. When? What year was this, Pont? Oh, like 2011, the last time they were this good. This has got, whose names are on Every, it? Everyone who paid for the shirt. Mine's somewhere on the back. I don't, don't Actually, know where. is that my goal to find your name? <laughs> it's like a Wes Wally, but. He has handed me a Carlton jersey. You are a confident, confident man. You you can you can hold on mm. to that. You can wear that mm. when, um, on uh, whenever we record next <laughs> I'm week. I'm sure my Carlton friends are going to be quite amused by this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you uh, to our, our good video editor, Dylan Galley, who's kindly offered to, to iron me a Collingwood jersey. Oh, he would happily do that, wouldn't he? A Travis Cloak <laughs> Collingwood jersey that I will have to wear if the Pies win. Um what else have we got here from Instagram? Here's one from a, I cannot pronounce the name. Who were your standout players from the weekend? Oh, interesting. Um, Anne Hatchard was yeah. obviously fantastic. She You took the words right out of my mouth. She picked up disposals at a rate that has literally never been seen before at AFL level, including men's. She broke Evan Marinoff's record for I didn't disposals. think that record would be broken. Oh, she, yeah, and... Did Ebbs, no, Ebbs, Ebbs holds the tackle as well. No, Hosking holds that now. Oh, I don't know. I think. We'll confirm that. But yeah, Hatchard, yeah. well, I guess for both of us, Hatchard was mine. 
She's a beast. She's incredible. Oh. And we were talking about preseason how she's she's put in the hard work, and it's awesome to see and that she's, she's gone whack. She's oh. now actually taken that hard work and has gotten the results for it. AFLPA uh, MVP week one. Like she, her story is phenomenal. Um, and if you don't know it, I, it's quite an interesting one actually. Mm. Um, she's very open with how her you know her standards used to be. Um, but look at her turnaround. I am just yeah. I actually messaged her saying, you know, I'm just how awesome and fit she looks. And yeah, watching her on the weekend, I think it's just a glimpse of what, what you know, what, what we could see in Absolutely. a few years is a whole lot of Anne Hatchards running around. Yeah, when people actually have the time to put in put yeah. in this effort when they don't have to worry about working full time. She, she, you never know what you could see. She was elite on the weekend. Absolutely. And she deserves to break that record and now holds the record. But you know what's interesting? Because I did the votes for that game for women's footy. I didn't have her best on ground. Who was your best? Kate Lutkins was the best player on the ground, I reckon. Actually, I did see that, but then Hatch out after. Yes, she was. She was number she two. Was but I thought Kate Lutkins was the most influential person on the result of that okay. of that game. Um, other players who stood out, I thought Maddie Prasparkas was insanely good on Friday night. She had twenty-one disposals. I felt like she had forty. She had seven or eight tackles off the top of my head, probably less, but it felt like at every single stoppage, she was the most influential person there. The Tigers tagged her. They beat her up. They hit her hard in the first quarter. Still bounced back. And she just looked like it made her angry. <laughs> so that's my advice to you. Don't make Maddie angry. Oh, well, I'll be um, making Press Barker's angry. And we're hoping to get her on the podcast. She's clearly a big fan of ours. She's um, uh, openly asked for an invite. So Press Barker's and, and G. Maybe we get double trouble. Genuinely on welcome at any stage. <laughs> um, another one for me. Yes. Um, Kate Hoare for me, for Melbourne. She was awesome. She was, and considering she'd suffered an AC sprain in her shoulder, um, yeah, she came out, impacted the scoreboard, found the footy, um, and yeah, definitely was a big con- contributor. Big contributor. I cannot say the word, Pomp. Keep it said on my bar. Was a big contributor to Melbourne's victory over North Melbourne. Um, any other questions we've got here? Someone named Josh asking if you'll marry him. <laughs> I doubt it. Josh... <laughs> Josh White, will she marry me? Mm. That's a no, I imagine. Mm, mm, mm. Um, who else? If you can play for any club in the AFLW, which and why? I'm guessing your answer is Collingwood. Good answer, Ponce. Um <laughs> What did you want to be when you were 14 years old? That's a good question from Layla. What did Layla. I want to be? Well, I was actually playing basketball at that stage, so I wanted to be the next Lauren Jackson. Hell yeah. Of basketball. Yeah. That's it. What did you want to be when you were 14 years old, Ponce? 14. <laughs> So probably just a geologist or some boring thing like that. If, you, if, you, if you're wondering what's just happened there, there was um, an accidental swear word that Chloe just dropped that we had to cut out. No. So there was a big bit of a pause there, and that was when Chloe swore, and I had to cut it out. And no, Nicholas. Nicholas just dropped a swear word, and I don't know why, but I find it so funny. The best bit is they will never know what the truth is. Oh, one um, day. It'll come out one day. I'm going to get my hands on that audio. Any other questions we've got here? Who who is the most difficult player in the AFL to line up on? That is from Chelsea Bell Martin. Ooh, that's a hard one, actually. I guess let's say you're playing in the midfield. Who is the player you'd least want to see next to you? Flipper, for sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. Flipper, yeah, yeah. I would say flipper. actually. Oh, there's a few. Kiara Bowers. Oh my God, she was good on the weekend. Oh, she's just. I am. Massive fan goal over her. Casual 127 AFLW, or AFLW fantasy points. Yeah, no worries. Yardale, which just seems impossible when there's, the game is 40% shorter. Oh. Hey, um, yeah, what, definitely those two. Quickly, one from Tom. Actually, actually, before Sorry, we go, go, Katie Loins as well. Yes. 
I'd be I'd be scared to line up. <laughs> which is funny because I have to this weekend. Yes, Tom VFLW. Um, what's the difference in standard between VFLW and AFLW? That's actually a, a very good question, um, especially after how I pulled up this weekend. Um, and it's no offence to the VFLW at all because I think it is a great um, league that we've got going and there's some quality players coming out of it. But the AFLW, oh, it, like I said at the start of the podcast, that's something I've been working um, you know, towards getting back to. But the pace of the game, the physicality, um, you know, it's the pinnacle of women's footy. And, yeah, I definitely felt it um, after the weekend. Yeah, I put up very sore. Um, the, the, it's the rules are different. You know, there's none, there's none of that density rule. Um, it's more, I guess I would say free flowing. Um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a fair bit of daylight in between the two leagues. Um, but like I said, this is absolutely not firing a shot at the VFW no, at all. Enough. It just shows you the standard that from my first year at the AFRW and then sitting out that season, even coming back, I can feel that's um, interesting. the standard just, you know, has risen. Well, that's, um, that's as perfect as proof as you need to show that the comp is improving. Yeah, and I pulled up very sore pond. Still am sore. Still recovering. I'm getting so old. <laughs> ice bar? So old. Yeah, I've had about five ice bars oh, wow. already. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's yeah, kudos to all us AFRW players um, just for continuing to go beyond expectations and yeah, just keep lifting that standard. And I think it's something we're going to continue to do and um, I'm probably going to get sore and sore or actually I might adapt to the game. We will have to wait and find out. I hope so, because I don't want a walking <laughs> walking stick by round six, which I probably will. Getting old. Gosh, 21 and already talking about the <laughs> hammer. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it is a big jump, but it's something that I'll, I'll adapt to. Um, and it's actually, yeah, very exciting. The whole comp is exciting. We've got round two coming up. You can hear six of the seven games live on SEN this weekend. Um, we will leave it there for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please go subscribe to us both on iTunes and we're now on Spotify. Woohoo! Go there and leave us a five-star review, please, and thank you. Um, it helps us with algorithms and all that uh, nonsense. And I will be putting questions up again on my Instagram. Um, and I think let's aim – your questions are great, people. We love them. We absolutely love them. Um, but if you have any questions specifically about the games or about players, um, they would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. A room for improvement for everyone, including the question people. Absolutely. Um, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we will talk to you this time next week where Chloe will be wearing a Carlton jersey. <laughs>